and welcome to episode number 140 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson and Brad Allen, where we run down all the big news, all the big happenings going on in this gambling industry and run through all the games each and every week. A special podcast for you as there are three games on the Thanksgiving slate this week. We are going to run through those, but before we get going, as always, guys, be sure and follow Brett at Brett Colson over on Twitter at Brad Allen NFL. And if you want to follow me at Matt Brown M2 as well, uh, we are going to talk about some futures bets. We're going to talk about how these divisions are breaking down. We're going to talk about anything that we can talk about from a Super Bowl MVP aspect, and then we will hit on the three Thanksgiving games. Guys, let's go ahead and kick things off here and talk about some of these other betting markets that are still available out there in the uh, over at DraftKings, FanDuel, et cetera, all the different places that are still having up these other ways that we can still bet the NFL season. And let's kick things off with the ones that, you know, the one that people are, are definitely still looking at, and that's the Super Bowl, right? I mean, the, the futures market's still up. Chiefs sitting at three to one at DraftKings, Saints at five and a half to one, Steelers, Five and a half to one. Everybody else, 11 to one or longer. Um, Brad, I'll start with you. You know, let's just throw things aside and um, let's pretend for the sake of the podcast here that we would be making a bet today. Now, this isn't necessarily saying this is a bet you would make, but if you had to make a bet on the NFL championship, what would you be looking at? Um. It is a tricky one, to be honest. So I, I think, like everyone else in the world, that the Chiefs are just by far the best team in the league. Um, you know, you, you get the sense watching them that they're a bit like a they're a bit like a horse who's just cruised through the race, and you know the jockey sat there just dead still, and everyone else is whipping their horse, and the Chiefs are just sort of cruising along with with whatever they've got in reserve. Um, so I think they're deserved favourites, but obviously the problem is this number one seed. I think that's such a huge edge when we get to the playoffs. Now we've only got one one seed and one bye. And obviously the, the Steelers are sitting there at 10-0 and 0, um, and, and they've got an easier schedule the rest of the way. So... It's, that that that's the concerning part, you know. I think I would have I would have the Chiefs a you know a three four point favor over the the Steelers on a neutral field, but they are behind at the minute. Um, so yeah, I, I would probably if forced to make one bet, I think the Chiefs are probably the safest. But at, at the current odds, I wouldn't be going too nuts. Now the one that stands out if you just compare to Football Outsiders projection is the New Orleans Saints. So the Football Outsiders have them about thirty percent to win the Super Bowl, which would put them somewhere around you know two, three to one, <laughs> which is probably nuts. But you know, they, they, it, that suggests there's a lot of juice in that current sort of seven to one that you might be able to get at the minute. Um, and, and that's again, just because they're going to get the one seed. Well, they're, you know, they have the inside track to the one seed if they, if they win the games they're supposed to. So, um, you know, best value according to football outsiders would be the Saints. Yeah, Saints at six and a half to one at FanDuel, the best offering out there, six to one at MGM and then five and a half to one over at DraftKings. Brett, you know, again, taking this from the lens that we had to make a bet today on who is going to win the Super Bowl. How would you go about, uh, how would you go about betting today in this market? I mean, the bet is the, it has to be the chiefs. They're just by far the best team in the NFL, I think, but in a COVID world where we don't know what's going to happen, I mean, anybody can be forced to set out a game mm-hmm. at any time. So it's, it's hard to, I mean, all it takes is they better lock up Mahomes <laughs> in during the playoffs, just lock him up. Don't let him do anything because I, I think if he's on the field, they're by far the favorite. You have to look at the, the, these markets and say, you know, which teams have the build to be Kansas city. You need, you need an offensive line that can protect against a good pass rush, which the chiefs have. You need a quarterback who can dissect a defense and get the ball quickly. And you have to get, you have to be able to get pressure on Mahomes. And to me, the only, the only team that really fits that is Pittsburgh, maybe new Orleans. If breeze gets healthy, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So I don't see, I don't see a whole lot of value in the market outside of these three teams. And you know, it, comes, it really comes down to who can beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And yeah, like Brad said, it, it the, the playoffs are probably going to go through Pittsburgh, but I'm not all that worried about that with Kansas City, you know, in, in, a, in a world where we're not likely to have fans during the playoffs and travel is not going to matter that much either. So I honestly, I don't know. I don't know what I would do, but I think Pittsburgh is really the, the one team that can knock off Mahomes. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, like you said, I think it's a three-team race. It's either the Chiefs, the Saints, or the Steelers. I mean, you look at all these other teams, they have just incredible warts on them, right? I mean, we saw the, the, we saw the wart that played out with the Bucks just on Thursday, uh, just on Monday Night Football. And you look at the Rams, and even though they won that game, the giant wart being, is Jared Goff under pressure? He threw two bad picks last night, but he, they were able to dink and dunk the ball down the field to get the win, but... You know, is that going to win all the way through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Someone figures out a way to get that done. We know the woes of the Seahawks from the defensive side of things. The Ravens can't really score anymore. Uh, that offense not really clicking. So, again, guys, I, I, it's, it's kind of a boring thing to say, but you're still getting three to one on the Chiefs. And so if I had to make a bet today, I think my bet would be on the three to one Chiefs. So I don't really have, we don't really have to talk about the AFC championship here because we like the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. We like the Chiefs for the AFC as well. But on the NFC side of things, I mean, the Saints are the short shot plus 225 over at DraftKings. If we flip over on, if we flip over to DraftKings, the NFC, they're 260 over there. So you get a little bit better odds. But um, Brett, okay, if it's not the Saints, Packers, Rams, Seahawks, Bucks, Cardinals, even who, who do you think, who do you think can knock off the Saints? Cowboys. No, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, a lot of I mean, these teams are so close to me, you know, Saints, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Seahawks. I would probably take the team with the, the longest odds. Just, I think any of these teams could get through. Mm-hmm. So I would probably take the Seahawks a plus 600 and hope that Russ gets hot. Uh, Brad, what about you? I think if it was me, if I had to make a bet today and it was not on the Saints, I think I might take a flyer on the Cardinals. Um, You can get 16 to one on the Cardinals and all they really got to do is get in the playoffs, right? I mean, once you get in the tournament, then you're in the tournament and you just got to win. I mean, five to one on the pack, five to one on the Rams, five to one on the Seahawks. All of that just isn't quite as tempting to me as a team that's probably going to make the playoffs in the Cardinals and you're getting, you know, triple the odds that you're getting on any of those teams I just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I, again, if I was forced to make one bet, I, I would actually just plump for the saints. Um, I think they're the mm-hmm. most complete team, you know, that, the, the defense is playing like it's top five unit at the minute. Um, the team outside of the quarterback, you know, elite weapons, elite scheme. Um, and it, it seems like it doesn't really matter who you plug in there. Uh, well, at least against the Falcons. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, as I say, just the, if they have, I, I just think the, the one seed is so important this year because just, you know, in any NFL game between two playoff teams, you've got a chance to lose. So just, sit, just sitting out that first week, I think is just a huge edge. And again, that's, you know, that's in the Football Outsiders projections. They've got them, they've got the Saints 48% just to win the NFC. So you know, that's, that's a huge edge versus the market currently. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we know, even if we were, I do worry about the Saints ceiling. So I'd probably prefer them to win the NFC than the Super Bowl because I think they are a bit limited with, with Breeze or, or Taysom just compared to, you know, Mahomes or someone. Um, but I do think they can bully their way, you know, through the, through the regular season with, with the best record and get that one seed. So I, I do think Saints to win the NFC is a, a solid bet. Plus 260, your best odds on the Saints. You're going to find that over at FanDuel. So FanDuel offering the better uh, offering the better futures odds so far on the stuff that we're talking about here. Uh, division winners. These divisions, um, you know, some are already almost in the bag here. Some are going to be quite interesting for us to talk about. And I think the, the most interesting, let's kick it off right off the bat, is going to be the NFC East. And I think y'all probably knew where I was going with that. And so here we go. The NFC East, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Washington, all still live, all still very live. I should say in that division, um, where do you let's Brad, I'll start with you on this one. Um, so we have a division where a team where a team is going to win this thing with like six wins. So who who is the team that gets to six wins if you're picking a, if you're picking somebody out of the NFC East? Yeah. So with these ones, I always start with uh, the football outsiders projections, and they found pretty big value on the Giants. There, you know, they they thought they should be closer to plus mm-hmm. two hundred compared to I think is there is there plus three fifty out there roughly. There is a there's a 300 over at uh, over at BetMGM. So there is a they're three to one over at BetMGM. Yeah. So yeah, three. I think it's 370 at Fandle. 
You are, oh yeah, the Giants, yeah, 370 at FanDuel. Vandal's Vandal the where to go, where to go on these future sides. Yeah, so so plenty of juice in that price. Um, and then I just uh, had a look at the quarterbacks as well of, of these NFC East teams. And uh, it looks to me like old Danny Dimes is, is the best of the bunch. I, I can't have the Eagles. Like Wentz's numbers from clean pockets this year are abysmal. And, you know, the, the market keeps making excuses for him. You know, they went off two and a half point dogs at Cleveland. Uh, and he just did what he's done all season. Wentz just threw stupid interceptions, pick sixes. Just He's, he's, he's playing awfully and... You know, yeah, I, I couldn't be backing him. So I do, I do think the Giants are, are good value. They've probably got the best quarterback. The defense is, is improving as the year goes on. It, it's, it's solid, um, although it's not necessarily projected in the numbers, but you watch them play, they, they seem well coached. Um, and yeah, I just thought there was a, there's a bit of juice in, in that price at plus 370 for sure. Uh, Brad, I, I agree completely in a division that is complete, a complete dumpster fire. If you I think the Giants actually are probably playing the best right now of any of these teams, if that's possible. I mean, none of them are playing good, obviously, but I think maybe the Giants are probably playing the best. But at the end of the day, I'm getting 370 on them. So that's uh, that, that's really all you have to say, because none of these teams have separated themselves from the other. So if you're going to give me the team that's getting 370, that seems like the best bet to make. Definitely. And I'm throwing away Philly because, I mean, look at this Eagles schedule coming up. Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, and then Cowboys, Washington. They might already be out of it right. by the time they get to the NFC. It's NFC East there. So I, I, I can't I don't know why the Eagles are favored. I really don't. I, I think, yeah, the Giants are interesting because they have they already have three in division wins. And now they face Cincy this week. And then it gets a little tougher. Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore. But then they close with Dallas. That Dallas. I think that Dallas Giants game could decide. The division. I think that's where we're going to be in week 17. Washington, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a pretty tough schedule. If, if, if you like Washington this week, I think you should also also bet them to win the division. Mm-hmm. If they get through Dallas this week and then they got Pittsburgh, but they, you know, San Fran, they can win Seattle, Seattle. I don't know. Then Carolina, Philadelphia to close it out. It, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute mess. So I think the giants are probably the safest bet. If you can get plus three seventy right now, uh, I don't hate a Washington flyer either just because they have the longest odds, but don't, I would not bet the Eagles at this price. No, me neither. Um, so NFC, let's, let's go to the NFC North and Packers are minus eight fifty to win that division. Guys, I don't need to spend a ton of time on this. They are minus 11. They're minus 11, 12 over at bet MGM on this one. Um, look, they are by far the best team in that division. They are definitely the best team um, out of the bears, Vikings and lions. Lions have no shot whatsoever. The bears, as we've talked about several times on our podcast, we all thought were a paper tiger. And then, the Vikings really killed their chances this past week as well. I don't think much discussion here. Um, Brett Packers minus eight thirty-five. It's not something I would bet on, and so I think this division is probably just a pass. Yep, I have nothing here. I mean, I'm I have a Lions future, so I, <laughs> I guess I'll just I'll I'll pray and hope that that somehow comes through. That's not no. I think this division is pretty much locked up. Brad, do you see any way that uh, that the Bears or, or the Vikings are able to to come back in this division? I do not, Matt. Yeah. All right. I'm making sure. I'm just making sure. Making sure. Uh, NFC South Saints, big, big favorites. Minus 850. The Bucks are plus 500. There was a short time ago where the Bucks were actually the favorite in this division. A lot of people thinking that the Bucks were going to take this thing home. Um, then the Saints just do kind of what the Saints have done so far this year and just continue to win games no matter who they throw out there. Kind of like you said, Brad, it doesn't really matter. Uh, they are minus 770. At DraftKings, they are minus 850. At FanDuel, they are only minus 400 at BetMGM. Hmm. Very interesting. They are only minus 400 at BetMGM. Um, Brad, I, I thought the Bucks were actually going to come out of this division as well. I thought that the Saints were not going to, uh, with their health issues and all the things that were going on, I didn't think they were going to be able to get it done. And, uh, you know, Hats off to Sean Payton. He's not going to win coach of the year. Mike Tomlin probably is. But um, what he's been able to do with guys in and out of the lineups, uh, really key players in and out of the lineup is, is certainly something to to uh, talk about. But minus 400 on the Saints as a division winner. And if you wanted the Bucks, you can get them at plus 500 over at FanDuel. Any interest at all or is this the Saints, uh, Saints division? 
Uh, yeah, no real interest. Just plugging the Football Outsiders numbers in gave me minus 380 for the Saints. So f- fairish value at BetMGM, but yeah, I'm not involved. Uh, Brett, I mean, I, I I guess if you're a Bucks fan and you wanted to have a 5-1 to one ticket and hope that the Saints just completely collapse, I guess you could. But the problem is, is even with Taysom Hill starting the next couple of weeks, how how soft is this landing spot for Taysom Hill and this Saints team? I mean, it is about as good as humanly possible. When we take a look, the Saints, of course, his first start goes against the Falcons, and we know their defense and what they're all about. Then he gets then he gets the Broncos, then he gets the Falcons again, and then he gets the Eagles. And the thing is, is yeah, the Eagles have a little bit of a pass rush, but outside of that, there's uh, is if, if they if they aren't not just knocking him all over the field, the Saints are definitely going to outscore the Eagles. And so, I mean, pretty soft landing spot. And then they get Breeze back probably against the Chiefs. Yeah, I guess the, your only hope if you're if you want to bet the Bucks is that they they lose this week, and then obviously they face the Chiefs and kind of unravel. Yeah. After that, I don't. I don't see that happening with the Sean Payton team. I think they'll be fine whether they beat the Chiefs or not. Um, that minus 400 is way off the rest of the market. Yeah. So, I mean, if you are, if you are a discount shopper here during the holidays, I mean, that, you're not going to find a much better deal on the Saints at, at BetMGM right now to win that. Yeah, team. definitely. If you've got a bigger bankroll and, and you like the Saints, I mean, you're literally getting half the price that you, are, that you have to pay at uh, the other two books in DraftKings and and DraftKings and FanDuel. So be sure and, and take advantage of that. We talk about shopping lines all the time. So be sure that you're, you're taking advantage of yeah, that. They're minus one, they're minus 1000 at points, bet. so there you go. So, I mean, that's so far, so off far market. off. Um, NFC West. And this one is very interesting. So the Seahawks plus one fifteen at FanDuel Rams plus one ten at FanDuel and the Cardinals at plus 600. Over at over at uh, BetMGM, Seahawks 105, Rams 115, Cardinals 550. And then over at DraftKings, we are sitting with the Rams uh, even money, Seahawks plus 125, and then the Cardinals at 6-1. to one. Um, Brett, this is uh, the vision is still up for grabs. These guys are all going to still play each other, you know, a, a couple of times throughout the course of the season. Will some of them play each other again? Uh, the only team that's out of it, the 49ers, ravaged by injuries. But the other three, in theory, are all still live. Who do you like to come out of the NFC West? I think I'm going to be betting Seattle this week. Mm. Uh, they've gotten through the brunt of their schedule. It is cupcakes and rainbows from here. Philly, New York Giants, New York Jets, Washington, Rams, San Francisco. That's how they close out their year. They could win out. I would not be shocked if they won out. The Rams, mm. the Rams have a pretty light schedule as well. Jets, San Francisco, but they played Arizona twice and Seattle. So, I mean, I, as long, I mean, if Seattle beats the Rams in week 16, I think it's a lock that they win this division. I just, just what they've got coming up. So it, you're getting plus money on Seattle right now. The, the Rams are right on even, even money. I think this is a great bet on Seattle to win the division right now. Yeah, you're getting plus 125. Your best odds are over at DraftKings. Brad, the the schedule that was, uh, Brett brought up what I was going to talk about. I mean, the, the Seattle schedule just really gets cupcake soft here for the rest of the year, pretty much, by and large. It's one of the easiest schedules heading down the stretch in the NFL. And so um, I understand, although, again, the, the Rams actually are the favorite at DraftKings as we sit right now. Yeah, I tweeted out last week that I was backing Seattle for the NFC West. Um, part of that was that I thought the Rams would lose last night, but, um, but they did not. But <laughs> yeah, A, A, it's the schedule. Um, B, I, I'm, I'm still not convinced by the Rams ceiling. Um, I still think, mm-hmm. I think they probably caught the Bucks off guard last, last night by just coming out with 80% passing. I think they had like 26 pass attempts at halftime and, and six runs. And that's probably not going to be you know, they're not going to catch other teams off guard like that necessarily. And I, I do think Goff is, is susceptible to pressure, as we all know. Um, the interesting wrinkle here is that the, the, the seed that NFC teams want is probably the five seed, because then you'll get to play the NFC East in the first round of the playoffs. So I do wonder if there'll be any shenanigans in, the, in that week 16 <laughs> game where, uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're trying to lose to, to face the NFC East if, if, the, if the one seed is <laughs> off the table. Um, so one thing to consider, you would guess McVeigh would be more likely to, uh, 
to do that sort of thing than than the Seahawks who are a bit more straight up. But yeah, would uh, would definitely lean to Seattle at the current price. Uh, a veteran's day and it, it like we're gonna we're gonna take a veteran day except it's on game day it's not like it's not like on a wednesday during the week yeah we're gonna we're gonna do that on and, and just uh yeah take a, take the easier route to the super bowl here uh head on over to the afc afc east brett your buffalo bills minus 470 at, at FanDuel. the uh, miami dolphins plus 370 the new england patriots are 25 to 1 they are not even listing the jets anymore so um that lets you know how that is kind of playing out here um i think that is probably the bills are already have this thing in the bag after the dolphins lost this past week i couldn't put any more money on the dolphins um after the loss this past week and kind of seeing what we saw i think it was a very telling sign from that dolphins team that win streak was aided by defensive scores by special teams by short fields when they didn't get that and they had to actually produce offense with Preston Williams being on IR, um, they were not able to do it. And so Bills at pretty much five to one uh, to win that division, I think it would be that better a pass for me. Yeah, I feel pretty good about the Bills right now. Um, it, last week was a good week to, to sell Miami. This offense has been a disaster since Tua took over. They're 31st in yards per play since Tua started under center. So this this is just not a very good offense. And yeah, they've been aided by a lot of defensive touchdowns and then you know, turnovers. That, that's just not sustainable. So the Bills, the Bills already have one win against Miami locked up. And, you know, it, at this point, I think the Bills are just in a great position to, to finally get off the schneid and win a division here. Brad, I think uh, I'm even more confident in this Bills pick after Brian Flores came out and doubled down on the fact that he is going to uh, continue with two at quarterback. He's not going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick, despite the fact that he felt the urge to bench to and put Fitzpatrick in when they needed a comeback in a game. So hearing that to me almost really just solidifies the fact that I would be Bills here in this division. Actually, the odds Brett, I didn't even mention the odds over at DraftKings minus 715. So they are hugely, hugely, hugely on the bills there. But if you wanted to bet them, you'd bet them minus 470 over at uh, over at FanDuel. Brad, any chance the Dolphins come back or I mean, I guess we're skipping over the Patriots, but I think that that's a foregone conclusion there. Yeah, I'll have a few Dolphins um, AFC East tickets and I feel a bit like tearing them up after watching <laughs> from Tua. Um, you know, he's... We said it at the time, I think when when Fitzpatrick was was pulled from the team, they were like top five in early down success rate. Mm-hmm. They were they were a damn good team. You know, everyone's raving about the, the defense and special teams now. Well, they also had a top five offense and I, I thought it was a legitimate playoff contender. And well, two is the 46th graded quarterback in his starts behind Blaine Gabbert, behind Chad Henney, behind Carson Wentz, behind Garrett Gilbert. Like he, He's been awful and they, they're keeping him in. They seem to me to be just writing the year off, which I, I do find very strange. Um, so yeah, long story short, I, I couldn't be back in the Dolphins with Tour at quarterback. Yeah, it uh, it's a very strange deal because I, I understand why they went to him. They want to see what they have in the dude and all of that. But like where they're sitting right now in this playoff picture, if they wanted to make the playoffs, I think they probably could with Fitzpatrick at quarterback. But I, I don't think that with Tua and, you know, they're going to look at these other situations and they're going to say, well, yeah, look how good Joe Burrow was doing and look how good uh, Herbert was doing. Look at the option. We saw the option play out in Cincinnati, guys. Like, we saw it play out. It's Ryan Finley, and it ain't good. Like, it was, it was less than 30 yards offense after he came in the game bad. And then a Herbert situation, he had to play. He was forced into playing because Tyrod Taylor was injured. And then he came in and did as well as he did, and you can't really turn back now. So there is an option for Miami that the other teams did not possess and do not possess. And so – I don't think it's the same scenario here, but it doesn't look like that is something they're going to do. And like you said, Brad, they might just kind of be punting on the rest of this if if uh, if they're not, if they're going to continue with with Tua here. The AFC North Pittsburgh Steelers um, minus twelve, you know, minus twenty five hundred guys. They have such a huge lead in that division with everything that's going on. Um, Brad, can you make a case for the Ravens, or is this uh, this one locked up? I cannot make a case for the the Ravens. We'll, we'll get to that game later because um, you know I do think they yeah. might have a chance of the upset, but not not for the division. Uh, Twenty five to one, Brett. I can't imagine there's any. You know, they're actually minus five thousand at DraftKings. So uh, I mean, 
if you like the Ravens this week, <laughs> look at the schedule the rest of the way. Like Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Giants, Bengals without Burrow. That I mean, they they win out probably. So eh, I would have to look and see, like look at percentages a little deeper to see like what are the uh, what are the odds? I guess we'll be talking about this in a second. Mm-hmm. What are the odds Pittsburgh uh, loses some games here too? But maybe if you think the Ravens can win this week, maybe there's a shot they they still win this division. It, it here's the problem is I don't think I'm getting the return on the uh, yeah. on the true odds that that of them coming back and winning this. I mean, it's twenty to one at DraftKings, and then it's it's eighteen to one at FanDuel, and it's sixteen to one at BetMGM. Like the the it is far greater than 20 to one odds that they're going to come back and win this division because every single thing would have to break right their way for the whole entire rest of the year for them to do that. So my, my biggest problem just is that I'm not getting the return I need on, on the Ravens winning this division. So they're also, they're also not very good. So <laughs> it's, it's hard to back a team that really can't generate any kind of offense or passing yeah. game. So yeah, it's, that's probably a pass. Football AFC West, we don't need 60. To, Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say 60. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't need to talk about the AFC okay. West. The Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. So like, we can go ahead and skip on that. Let's talk about the AFC South, where this one is still hotly contested. Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans. Over at FanDuel, the Colts minus 160, the Titans plus 125. If we head to BetMGM, Colts minus 167. So a much bigger favorite there. Colts plus 120. And then over on DraftKings, Colts even bigger favorite, minus 182. Titans plus 125. Brad, um, listen, if you're getting, if you, you know, I, I like the Colts for sure, but I don't know if there's a huge difference between them and the Titans. For them to creep up as a nearly minus 182 favorite over at DraftKings seems a little bit crazy, but is the plus 120 on the comeback for Tennessee plus 125, is that really enough? I actually like the favorite here. And so again, just plugging into Football Outsiders, they make mm. uh, the Colts minus 212, um, which doesn't necessarily account for some of the injuries we've seen up front. I mean, mm. this this could be over as soon as this Sunday, This because obviously mm. these two play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Colts are minus three and a half at the minute, and the Titans are really banged up up front. Um, you know, their replacement left tackle is now, he was pulled from the game in the fourth quarter. They could be down to the third string there. The, the left guard, Roger Saffold, didn't play. They obviously lost their right tackle at the start of the year. And we saw in the first matchup of that Thursday night game between these two, that the, the Colts dominated up front by the end of that game. Um, you know, they weren't able to run the ball. And the play action wasn't working. And if they're missing all these, all these offensive linemen again, then, uh, you know, I do think the Colts can win that game comfortably and then it's already over so if you can get minus 160 i think you said there matt i think there probably is some some value in that number yeah minus 160 which is uh which is pretty interesting brett um plus 125 is the best number you're going to get on the titans if you want them do you lay do you you try to get the 125 or do you think you just lay the 160 with the colts i would lay the 160 Mm -hmm. i think it comes down to this this matchup this week the colts already with one win against tennessee this season i think if if yeah, if they win this week, I, th- I think they're in an excellent position to, to to lock it up. And especially with these odds. And, and guys, we, you know, we preach this every single podcast, but we can't. If you're just finding us or if you're watching this on, on YouTube or whatever, listen, this is why you have multiple books and this is why you shop around. Because again, I mean, there's a massive difference in your bankroll if you're, if you only have one account, like say it's DraftKings. And you got to lay minus 182 as opposed to having FanDuel or you got to lay 160. So, I mean, like these are yep. huge differences in prices. So, um, be, again, be sure and have multiple accounts. Just go to the lines and, and sign up for, for whatever book you don't have and do it over there because uh, the, these, these future markets are where this stuff really starts to play out a good bit in all of this. Uh, this is a fun one. Um, will the Steelers go 16 and 0, fellas? The yes is plus 520. The no is minus 770. Let me give you the rest of the schedule for the Steelers and we'll. We'll break the, the Ravens game down here in just a bit. But past that, the football team, the Bills, the Bengals, the Colts, and the Browns. So it is not a cakewalk coming home. And you got to wonder, even if they get to, even if they get through the Colts undefeated, there's a, a Browns team that could possibly be facing 
Big Ben on the sideline, James Conner on the sideline, yep. all the playmakers at wide receiver on the sideline because they would have locked up the uh, the number one seed. And with that being the case, then I don't know if you're going to get max effort from the Steelers. And so, Brett, while I would never lay 770, I think that's the only way to go here. I cannot see them getting through Ravens, Bills, Colts, and then also let's say they do get through that then playing a full squad there in week 17 um, in a year where, like we mentioned, there's only one buy. So you want to make sure that that uh, all your guys are good to go here. So I, I can't see myself betting the yes on this thing. Yeah, that's the question is week 17. Like, does Tomlin just lay down and, and let a division rival get into the playoffs? I mean, you have to imagine Cleveland's going to be playing for a spot in the playoffs, maybe even playing for positioning in the playoffs there. I don't, I don't know what Tomlin would do. He's a little unpredictable. I thought they would lay down last week, and clearly uh, they did not. So I, I think it's highly improbable that, that Pittsburgh is going to go undefeated here. Just too many tough spots starting this week against Baltimore at Buffalo is tough, and obviously Indy, and yeah, we don't know what's going to happen in Week 17. So it's, it's just a fun prop. I think if, if you like this prop, just bet Steelers' money line every week. Yeah. You'll probably get a better price on it. But uh, I would, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any value here in betting the yes. Yeah, Brad, I mean, really, for me, the problem is just the price, right? I mean, plus 520 when you're talking about three, you know, three potential playoff teams that they're going to have to go through to get there and and a borderline fringe team in the Browns as well in week 17. And so um, it just the, the plus 520 just is not appealing to me. Uh, yeah, Football Outsiders went to them for this. They made it plus 537. So you're not getting the worst really? value bet in the world. Yeah, about 15% they made it, 15.7%, which is plus 537. Um, so, you you know, if you do want to bet the 520 for a bit of fun, you're, you're not losing a load of uh, expected value, huh. but uh, not for me. I mean, looking at the schedule, you wouldn't, they, they're going to be, I would say, decent favorites in all those games. So it's, it's not beyond the realms, but uh, not, not one I've bet. Team to go 0 and 16. So obviously there's only one team that's left winless. That is your New York football Jets. The yes is only plus 180. The no is minus 225. And guys, when we look at this, essentially, if the Jets want to go 0 and 16, the Jets can go 0 and 16. And this is kind of a race for Trevor Lawrence. And the Jags probably aren't going to win another game the rest of the year. So you have to wonder about motivation to go 0 and 16. As well, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, and Patriots. If you look at this, there are two spots that stick out. Obviously, this week against the uh, against the Dolphins, and then Week 17 against the Patriots. You do not think they are getting a win against the Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, or Browns. So, Brad, taking a look, the yes plus 180, the no minus 225 on will the Jets go 0 and 16. Um, yeah, looks to me there is value on the no. Um, again, Football Outsiders made this a 20% chance to go 0-16, um, which would put you at about oh, 20.9. So plus 378 on mm-hmm. um, on the yes and obviously minus 378 on the no. Um, but, but again, just looking at that schedule, it looks to me like it's going to come down to that Patriots game. Um, who yeah. knows? You know, I think I think the Dolphins match up quite well because you know they they don't, won't get beaten at the lines of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and then as you say, the, the other three there should just smash them up. So it, I'll, I could definitely see this coming down to Week Seventeen. Um, so yeah, you know, as I say, the, the football outsiders model says value on the not to go zero and sixteen, but um, you, you'd be a brave man, I think. Uh, Brett this is one of those things where we also have to factor in regional bias here in um, the Jets being a home market team this these odds have been bet down like a mofo the last like two weeks like the Jets fans hate the Jets so bad right Mm -hmm. now that they have been betting the yes on the on the will they go 0 and 16 like something fierce this odd these odds were actually fairly nice for a while and then they decided no. And I mean, on a daily basis, it was just falling, falling, falling. I've asked Johnny Avello about it as well. And he said, we've moved into the hate betting. Like there's like spite bets coming in, <laughs> like on, you know, on, on this team. And so, um, you know, I, I, Brad said it, we're not getting good value on it, but I guess, I guess the question is, is do you actually think they're going to go? zero and 16. I don't. Okay. I think they've been playing better football lately. They're getting healthier. 
the question is, do they bring Sam Darnold back in 2020? I, they're mm-hmm. certainly in no rush to bring him back. I would feel better about the no if Darnold yeah. was on track to come back. I think if Flacco's your starter the rest of the year, the chances are higher you're going to go 0-16. And they're, they seem to be okay with that. So it's hard to get a read on this situation. If, if Darnold comes back, I think they will get a win here at some point in, in the final three, four games. That would be unfortunate for them because uh, they would they would then lose because again I don't think Jacksonville wins another game the rest of the year either so it would be a it would be interesting there uh, the MVP market has gotten pretty interesting for a while there it was Russell Wilson's uh, award to lose that has that has switched uh, pretty good actually we are now that we take a look here it is Patrick Mahomes and rightfully so on Patrick Mahomes whenever we take a look at how well he has played and kind of just doing Patrick Mahomes things. This is kind of going to, we're going to get to a point guys, whenever we're doing this podcast, two years, three years from now, and we're going to say like, this could basically just be renamed the Patrick Mahomes award because they could just give it to him every single year if they wanted to, but they're not going to do it. Um, he has moved over into the favorites uh, slot. Now Mahomes minus minus one twenty five over at um, DraftKings. He is minus 125 over at FanDuel. He is minus 118 over at BetMGM. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray round out the next three at all three books. Wilson um, in that kind of three, three, three and a half to one range there. Brett, if we take a look here, um, I actually took a, I don't, bet futures very uh in i did not bet any futures in 2020 because of uh of the covid situation and all that but i did uh take a piece of mahomes two weeks ago when he was still getting plus money on this and it felt like felt like people were uh i always feel like people are were propping up russell wilson a little bit more than they necessarily had to right and so Let's take a look here. Mahomes minus 125, probably the best odds you're going to get on him for the rest of the season. So do you pull the trigger or do you take one of these other guys at plus money? I would love to pull the trigger. But the problem is I feel like Mahomes is already getting the LeBron treatment and then like the Belichick coach yeah. of the year treatment. Belichick never wins coach of the year. The guy's the greatest coach of all time. Never wins coach of the year. LeBron hasn't won and just doesn't win MVP ever. He's the best player in the world. Never wins MVP. I feel like like Mahomes is supposed to win. And since, but this, since this is a voter, this is a voter award. Nobody wants to make that easy pick and that hurts the no brainer pick. So like Mahomes could get, and he's still a young kid and he's already being treated like this. I feel like he's the easy pick right now, but I can't trust voters to do the right thing. So it's, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to do that when a guy like Kyler Murray is like the sexy up and coming guy who, who knows? I, if, if they, if I they somehow like, come back and win miraculously win that division or something, then yeah, Kyler Murray would get all the votes. You're right. Like they, they yeah. would, they would want to give it to, to Murray. There there's no doubt about it. Um, and the narrative that has been thrown out there and Brad, I'm sure you heard it and Brad, you did as well. Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote. Russell mm-hmm. Wilson has never received an MVP vote and people were beating people over the head with that. And I think that that is certainly, um, you know, in the back of voters' minds as well. I mean, I think the one thing we do need to pay attention to, Aaron Rodgers, I thought, had at least a pretty decent shot till this past week. That epic collapse probably um, hurt his chances pretty good. Brad, you can get minus 118 on Mahomes at BetMGM, or do you think that the value is on one of these other guys? I think the value at this point might be on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so PFF this year, each week they they built a model, um, basically how many EPA the the quarterback has added, how many wins they've got, that kind of thing, and they've shown they've shown Mahomes with with value for a while now because obviously his his touchdown to interception ratio is like twenty four to two, and I, I do think at the end of the year. You know, you, you'll look at that. There'll be fourteen and two. He'll have forty touchdowns mm-hmm. and three interceptions, and you go, "Oh right, that was we've just seen a historic <laughs> season, right?" And uh, right. you know, I know, I know it's boring, yeah. but I do think because it, it's voted on a couple of weeks after the season before the Super Bowl, right? So, yeah, I do think once it's you know once that body of work is there, he, he is the most likely favorite. But Rogers has been you know near that pace. Um, and and if he finishes strong, he, he does he does face a few tough defenses down the down the stretch here with the Bears twice. Um, but you know he he does have a nicer narrative. You know this, this kind of bounce back after being written off last year and and sort of if they can get to the Packers if they can get thirteen and three again. I think at eight to one or, or around there, there, there's possibly a shade of value. And and I think he, he he's he's 
closer to Mahomes at the minute than uh, than Russell Wilson is definitely on, on the stats at least. So uh, I, I would have a small bet there. The two guys that we're talking about here, best number you're going to find is at BetMGM, both guys, minus 118 on Mahomes there, and then plus 550 on Rodgers at BetMGM. So uh, you're going to want to head there. So again, this is why we keep talking about maybe you need three books, maybe you need four books, maybe you need five books to make sure that you're getting uh, the best odds here. Um, Guys, for me, I mean, people are going to say you guys were just debating whether the Steelers were going to go 16-0 and or not, and you're skipping over Big Ben. I think that is more of a Mike Tomlin coach of the year type award than it would be a big Ben MVP award. And then to placate everything, they give him the comeback player of the year thing. So he gets an individual award. Tomlin gets coach of the year. I don't think big Ben's well, it's not, I don't think we can see it with our own eyes. His stats are not going to come anywhere near Mahomes, Wilson, Rogers, even Kyler Murray's by the end of this season. And so even if they were to go undefeated, I, uh, Brett, I kind of think that they would just give coach of the year to Tomlin and then they would give Roethlisberger comeback player of the year and they'd feel comfortable bet, uh, voting for somebody else for MVP. I thought Alex Smith was a lock for comeback player of the year. Well, if they go six, if they go 16 and 0, they're going to have to give Roethlisberger something, you know? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine Roethlisberger yeah. winning MVP. What's the, what's the best price on Russell Wilson? Because his schedule is so soft. I mean, there's optimal stat padding opportunity here for them. If he goes, finishes the year undefeated and just rips off like he was early in the season, I think there's some, maybe some opportunity for Russ at this point. Uh, three and a half to one at both FanDuel and BetMGM. So you're getting, uh, you're getting three and a half to one. So you're getting, you know, I mean, you're getting three times your money that you would have to be getting, that you'd be getting on Patrick Mahomes. And like you said, it's, it's true. And look, in this weird year, it's always worth saying any of these guys could miss a game at any point mm-hmm. due to any, you know, whether they even get COVID or not. Right. I mean, they could get, they, they could be contact traced or whatever. And all. so it's a weird year. So let's just put it that way. It's, it's, it's a weird year. Just think about that whenever you go to make these, uh, these future bets. All right, fellas, let's, uh, let's crack into the game lines here for uh, the beginning of week 12. We're going to start on, Thanksgiving Day. Let's talk the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions. The as we sit right now, Houston Texans are three point favorites over the Detroit Lions. Fifty one is your total over at DraftKings. You can find a two and a half over at FanDuel. It's an expensive two and a half if you want to take the Texans at two and a half, but minus one eighteen, fifty one and a half actually over there on the total, and then at BetMGM. If you want to bet this game, it is at two and a half. Again, an expensive two and a half on the Texans, 51 and a half there. Brad, I'll start with you. Um, We are looking at a Lions team that just got shut out and embarrassed. I imagine that was pretty much the nail in the coffin for Matt Patricia. I assume he will be fired as soon as the season is over. Um, Matthew Stafford, they say, is playing with some sort of injury with his throwing hand on his thumbs. There's all kinds of problems. No Galladay, DeAndre Swift. They're just, there's just, uh, there's all kinds of problems going on with the Lions. And then the Texans come and uh, as two point dogs beat the Patriots outright last week and looked at least a little bit like the Texans team that maybe we thought they could be throughout the course of this season. Yeah, so to start with, I would say I, I made this game Texans minus three with with no adjustments whatsoever. Um, but then you, you know, we, we spoke about this last week before the Carolina game that, that Stafford had injured. He, he'd torn the, the ligament in his thumb, the, you know, mm-hmm. the literal throwing hand, and he might not be able to grip and might not be able to throw with accuracy. Well, then they go out against a terrible Panthers defense. They had a 29% success rate. Um, obviously shut out for the first time in Stafford's career. Um, he lost 10 expected points on his dropbacks. You know, that's truly awful. They, they had 180 yeah. total yards and they got 40% of that in the fourth quarter. And then, then they come out after the game and Stafford goes, oh, my thumb had nothing to do with it, which is just, it's, just, it's, it's a lie. Isn't it? Like the, it's yeah. the worst ever performance in like a 10 year career against a, an awful defense. And he goes, oh, nothing to do with it. Um, so I don't believe him. <laughs> And they, they, right. they're turning around with a, you know, three, three days rest here. You've got to wonder just about the motivation of that team. Like at this point they're going, you know, we, our quarterback can't throw. Um, our coach is a moron. Like mm. I, I, I do wonder, you know, I rarely talk about 
motivation because I do believe they're professional athletes. But if any team is, is going to be flat, it's going to be the Lions here and, and the quarterback can't throw the ball. Um, so just quick injury update. Looks like Golladay was, or he would have been limited at practice yesterday if they practiced. Mm-hmm. So he could be back, which which we do think is, is important generally. Uh, Swift wouldn't have practiced, so he might be out again and we could get more Adrian Peterson. So so that favors us. Huh. Um, and then just on, on the Texans, it's very interesting. They've been getting more and more pass heavy um, throughout the season, especially after Bill O'Brien's gone. Um, so the Houston Texans have played 307 regular season games in their history, and they've never passed more frequently on early downs than they did uh, on Sunday. That was a stat from Mike Sando, which I thought was interesting. Um, and we, we just spoke about those three MVP candidates, um, and Deshaun Watson is graded by Pierre. PFF only behind those three um, this year. So fourth best graded quarterback in the NFL. So I, I really think that Houston minus three is, or minus two and a half, if you can get it, is uh, is a very good bet. Yeah. So Brett, I would pay for the expensive two and a half. We often, we, I mean, we know how important three is and, you know, it keeps, it keeps rearing its ugly head. And the thing is, is you're, um, you know, it could have, could you see the Texans even kind of sputtering along in this and then still winning by a field goal against this really, I mean, at the end of the day, just completely worthless Lions team over the last couple of weeks? I mean, it, it to me, I can see them not even putting forth their best effort and still winning this by a field goal. I'd hate to have to push if that were to be the case. I mean, this uh, Houston offense is still 6.1 yards per play compared to Detroit, which is coming in 5.5 yards per play. And we do see what we've seen over the last couple of weeks as Houston take to the air, as, as Brad mentioned, a little bit more kind of just uh, doing what doing what they do best. And if you look at this Lions defense, no pass rush to speak of 21st overall by pro football focus, their uh, rush defense, 22nd overall by pro football focus and their coverage grade is 30th. And so they don't cover very well. I think this sets up pretty nicely for this Texans team. And again, especially when we're talking about a quarterback who has a torn ligament in his throwing thumb. So, I mean, I just, uh, I was shocked at this number. I thought it was going to be three and a hook, to be honest with you. I thought there'd be the hook on this thing. Um, and when it, it to, that you can sit here right now and get an expensive two and a half seems like a bet that I'm going to be throwing in my account the second that we close down this, uh, this podcast. Yeah, I mean, if you like the Texans, bet now because this will get to three and could even climb by the time we get to all of the money that's going to come in on Thursday with these Thanksgiving games. I mean, I look at this as is your classic stock high versus stock low spot. Like Detroit just shut out by one of the worst defenses in the NFL, Carolina 27th in defense DVOA, and they lost to an expat XFL quarterback. Uh, not great. And people are going to look at that and say, all right, well, Detroit is complete dust. I like the Texans here especially after they beat New England. I mean, it was, I saw that as a good sell spot on New England. And so I liked the Texans in that game, but I'm not going to take a whole lot from that one. I, I, this is definitely going to get to three as we get closer to Thursday after the, you know, the way Detroit played, it's hard to imagine people are going to back Detroit. So this could get to three and a half. And if it does, I think I just have to, blindly click Detroit there. I mean, the look ahead of this was Detroit minus one and a half. That's a huge move. If this gets to three and a half, I think the Texans schedule was partly baked into that look ahead. I think that look ahead was probably off, but even still, I I think Detroit is the play. If it gets to three and a half here on Thursday, just because of the overreaction to both sides, uh, Detroit and Texans after a win. Yeah, I know. I, I can feel you there. I just don't. I think whenever whenever we're going at like in, in a matchup with two bad defenses, I'm going to take the better offense to just win the game and win out. And I, I think that the Texans are the better offense. Neither one of these teams has a defense at all. And so I, I, I trust Deshaun Watson and those playmakers that he has more than current version Matt Stafford. And then the question marks that are kind of surrounding uh, that team as well. None of the player props are up yet, as you can see on if you're uh, watching on YouTube, but on the screen. So none of the player props are up quite yet. I was going to try to see what some of these receiving props might be for some of Watson's receivers. But when those numbers come up, if they seem too low for you, then probably bet the over on them because I do believe they will have a lot of success 
through the air. I mean, as you mentioned, Brett, they just got carved up by a an XFL quarterback that they didn't even really want to start. They were trying to get Teddy Bridgewater to start, and he said he couldn't go, you know, 90 minutes before the game started, and uh, they give up 275 yards to, to, to P.J. Walker. So I imagine that Deshaun Watson's going to be having a pretty good day out there. So I'll... Uh, Quick, was that quick thing, quick yeah. thing, Matt. One, it looks like uh, Randall Cobb won't play. Um, he was knocked out, and Steele's also left the game, so mm-hmm. uh, he, he's questionable. So it could be the Will Fuller show for for props. Um, and then the other uh, thing I was thinking about is that if um, if if Stafford truly does have a, a busted hand, then just maybe some alternative uh, spreads. You know, Houston minus mm-hmm. nineteen and a half. If we, if we think we just get another another of what we saw Sunday because that should have been worse as well. Walker threw two red zone interceptions. So, you know, yeah. 30, 30 plus in the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. And, uh, I guess Brandon cooks is as well. will still be out there for the Texans. So that could be, yeah, I would, I would probably just, if those were the, if that's the case if Cobb going to be out in as well as, as still, then yeah, I mean, I would just load up on the over props on both of those receivers. Washington football team and Dallas Cowboys. We are sitting right now. Cowboys, an expensive three-point favorite at DraftKings over at FanDuel. We are looking at an expensive three-point favorite. And then over at BetMGM, same deal, though you can get a little bit reduced use there. It's 115 as, as opposed to 120 over at FanDuel and then 118 over at DraftKings. Um Brad, uh, let's uh, let, let's start here with you on this one and tell me about this Cowboys team that we saw this past week that was able to beat outright the Minnesota Vikings. Do we believe in the what we saw with our eyes? Do we believe that Andy Dalton is good enough to go out and put together back to back, you know, decent performance? He wasn't he wasn't a world beater, but I mean, he was he was fine. And do we think that this defense is maybe just good enough to limit the damage that the Washington football team can do? Um, so I think the book on Andy Dalton, as, as we've spoken about, is if if he's blocked up well, you know, if the offensive line can protect, then he's, he's going to be fine. Um, and if he's not protected, then he's going to be a car crash. Like, like we saw the first time when these two teams played, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was 25-3 Washington in the end. So that game closed Pickham. So, you know, even if we give one point for home field each side, I don't really know how we get to this current number of Cowboys minus three. I think that is probably an overreaction to, to, to beating the Vikings. Um, and just that game, we, we know the Vikings don't have a pass rush. They, they've traded everyone. They, they've got rid of everyone and they're, they're winning with, with scheme, with blitzes and, you know, sort of trying to disguise coverages, um, which is perfect for Dalton. He, he, he's seen all that. Um, and as long as there's not pressure in his face quickly, then great. He, you know, he went 22 for 32, 6.3 yards per attempt. And obviously his receivers helped him out, but that's, that's not going to be the case this week. This Washington defensive line is, is very, very good. They already shredded the Cowboys in the first matchup. Um, second in adjusted sack rate for the year. So I think it's going to be more of what we saw in the first matchup, to be honest. You know, the, the Cowboys kicked out their their tackle. No, they kicked out their guard to the left tackle. They, they shifted everyone around and it worked against the Vikings. But as I say, this is, this is a very different team. Um, and we can probably assume that there's no, no home field advantage almost at all, maybe a half point. Uh, and I, I just really don't think that there's a gap between these two teams at all. Um, especially if, if the Cowboys can't block. So I think you, you might even get a three and a half as as the public come in and bet the Cowboys and those receivers again. But I would bet the three anyway if, it, if we never get it. Yeah, I mean, it looks like we're going to get three and a half in this, Brad. And, and, you know, look, who do you think is a better quarterback in the NFL as we sit right now? Joe Burrow or or Andy Dalton? And like we kind of saw, I mean, Joe Burrow was was having some success, but they weren't lighting up the scoreboard. They had nine points at the time. Whenever Burrow went out of the game, there was a missed field goal in there by Bullock, but still. Um, and Andy Dalton was just, I he wasn't like he did anything special against a defense in in the Bengals that we know is is you know doesn't doesn't rush the quarterback very well, doesn't play really doesn't do anything on defense very well at all. And even then, the Cowboys still did not score very many points. Um, if you're going to give me three and a hook on the football team here against this Cowboys, and it looks like it's going to get there again, it's it's at FanDuel right now. It is a three minus one twenty. So it, 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 people are betting the Cowboys, and they want to bet the Cowboys. 
if you're going to give me three and a hook on the Washington football team, I'm going to break my fingers trying to put in a bet as quickly as humanly possible. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, well, first of all, this is a very different spot than the last time these two teams played. I fell into the trap in that one. It was Dalton's first start. Uh, I saw it as a market overreaction to the Dak Prescott injury, and then Washington absolutely obliterated that Dallas offensive line. Dallas's offensive line is getting healthier up front now. They had, they had a week off, and then they were impressive against the Vikings on the road last week, and now the public is all over Dallas, and that's going to continue until kickoff on Thursday. So for me... This is a wait until Thursday afternoon yeah. and fade the public spot. I think you just wait for this number to climb and blindly bet Washington here, right? Like anything north of three feels like value on Washington. And this offense has actually been pretty good since Alex Smith yeah. took over. A lot of that came a lot of that came against poor competition. So you have to be a little careful on how you're evaluating those numbers. But the big concern early in the season was this offense. They were dead last in yards per play before Alex Smith took over. And now over the last three weeks, they rank fourth in the league in yards per play. So I'm feeling good about the offense and we know what the defense is. Fifth and pass defense DVOA. They get pressure on the edge. They put quarterbacks in really tough situations. Sixth in the league in pressure percentage. Third in sacks. Dallas is healthier on the offensive line, but this is still not the line we came to know over the years. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think this is, if, the, if this does get to three and a half and it will, I think this is a great spot for, yeah. for uh, Washington. Yeah, same with me. The total is at 45 and a half at BetMGM, which is a full point lower than you're getting at, uh, at FanDuel. I don't think the Cowboys are going to get shut out by any stretch of the imagination. And I think the football team is going to score as well. I kind of have a slight lean to the over 45 and a half too. Like, I think there could be some points scored uh, in this game. Like not a, not a shootout. We're not looking at, you know, we're not looking at both teams in the forties, but both teams in the, both teams in the high twenties doesn't seem really out of the realm of possibility here for me. So um, less confident in that than I am in the three and a hook on the football team, but I do at least lean towards the over of 45 and a half. All right, the Ravens and the Steelers. The Ravens sitting as four-point dogs right now at DraftKings, a total of 45. They are four-point dogs over at FanDuel, total of 45. And then over at MGM, four-point dogs, but 45 and a half over at BetMGM. Brett, um, we know what we saw the last time we saw the Ravens. We saw this team... Um, getting getting a blow in the lead against the Titans and the Titans of all people who have, who have actually been known to struggle mightily whenever they get behind and not be able to close gaps and not be able to to be able to uh, score on teams quickly and that was not the case and of course Derrick Henry just continued to do Derrick Henry things in overtime and uh, the rest is is history there now the Steelers are coming off of a of an easy easy coast coasting win. This past week, and again, they are they are still in the hunt. Well, actually, I mean, they're in the driver's seat, but they are still trying to get that number one overall seed. And as Brad mentioned earlier, a very, very important number one overall seed. There is a couple of COVID issues for the Ravens. We know they will be without Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. It will be Gus Edwards. That being said, whether whether you think running backs matter or not, Gus Edwards has been in the system for several years. We've seen Gus Edwards kind of be the primary guy before. This isn't like they're calling a guy up off the practice squad or something to come in and and try and fill in this, you know, uh, minimal, you know, pr- pretty complicated run scheme. They run, you know, so, some exotic kind of looks from the run situation. Uh, Gus Edwards has been there. He knows all that. It's I don't think there's that big of a drop off uh, when it's all said and done. So Steelers four point favorites over the Ravens. Yeah, I, I still don't think the market has fully caught up to the Ravens and how bad this offense is. Uh, we love Pittsburgh in this spot the first time mm-hmm. these two teams met, but that was when Pittsburgh was a home uh, a dog, and now they're four point favorites. Amazing how the market has flipped, but I still don't think it's flipped enough. I think Pittsburgh is a like not far better team than Baltimore, but. They're a better team than Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I think teams have, have come around and figured out what Baltimore does, and they've figured out ways to counter it. And nobody can counter what Baltimore does best than Pittsburgh. So I, I don't think this is high enough. I think this should be five. And it got to five on DraftKings yesterday, mm-hmm. and now it's, you know, it's back down to four. This, this line's been all over the place. I think it wasn't it two early in the week or on Sunday. Maybe it was two. I think I saw two out there, and then it climbed to five. Now it's back to four. I. I think anything 
anything under five, I think I lean Pittsburgh here. That, that seems crazy, but I, I just don't think Baltimore is very good. Brad, it looks like the Ravens will be also without Calais Campbell yet again. A big hit yeah. on that defensive line. Jimmy Smith didn't practice, so that's up in the air uh, with this team as well. I mean, one of the things we've just seen is, is there's just no playmakers on this Ravens offense outside of Mark Andrews. And if your tight end is your best playmaker in today's NFL, that that tends to be a problem, you know, and that's really all we've seen from a consistent basis on the Ravens is being able to get the ball to Mark Andrews. And outside of that, it's been uh, it's been a crapshoot every single week. And I, I kind of with Brett on the fact that what the Ravens did very, very well last year. Well, we ha- th- these NFL teams had a whole year of tape to go in and dissect and study and figure things out and figure out how to counter that. And they have some of the smartest minds working for them. And what they have better to do than watch tape and figure out how to how to beat this this Ravens team with this offense that uh, they're running that really no one else is running in today's NFL. And I think it's kind of caught up to the Ravens as well. The other thing on the defensive side of the ball, I think we've seen is we we and we've talked about this here on this podcast. You know. They blitz like nobody's business. And I think these teams are aware of that now. And when they go in, they've come in with these different schemes of, of how, to, how to counterbalance that and how to counterattack that too. So four points on the Steelers, uh, some injury concerns for the Ravens and a couple of COVID issues as well. Uh, yes, I would. I've not, so I'm not not involved in the game yet. I would probably lean towards the Ravens. Um, so j- just... Just checking the injury report now. It looks like Jimmy Smith and Calais Campbell, they're both sort of hopeful they will play. Um, Still game time decisions, but definitely worth keeping an eye on because I I wouldn't back Baltimore Mm. unless they both played. Um, Campbell particularly because um, the other the other defensive tackle Brandon Williams he he was a close COVID contact so I think he's out Um, and they really missed both of those two um, against the Patriots and the Titans. You know they just ran it up. They were run up the gut on all day, uh, and you saw they they wore down late when uh, Derrick Henry got free to win that game. So, if Campbell and Smith do play, I, I just think that the history of this rivalry is is you know this very tight three point games, um, and it's it's such a huge swing from that first matchup you saw, which was kind of that was plus five and a half uh, for the the Steelers for a long time. So we've moved like nine points here, and you know, I, I'm not sure if things have changed that much. Uh, that's, that's that's a huge swing for teams who we kind of know, you know, similar quarterbacks, similar defenses. Um, so as I say, I, w- I would be leaning towards the Ravens at four if they were healthy on the defensive side, but um, it, is, it is a tight one and I'm not involved yet. Yeah, I uh, I just look at the Steelers offense and I think that this it's really going to come down to that. I, I do believe the Steelers defense is going to be able to do what they need to do to limit this Ravens offense. It's really can the Steelers offense, which we've seen like go into these lulls at times. Now, last couple of weeks, looks like they're, they figure some stuff out. It looks like the, the, this offense is kind of running uh, again. But it was, you know, if they go for these long lulls like we saw in the kind of the early part and middle part of the season, and definitely, uh, I think the Ravens super live at the plus four. If we see any semblance of the offense of the Steelers we've seen over the last couple of weeks, I think the Ravens could be in for uh, some trouble here. One of the things about the Steelers team is that they can hit you from so many different ways now. I mean, who would have thought that Juju Smith-Schuster would become the number three on this team. And that's basically what has happened now is he's the number three receiver behind Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And if your number three is Juju Smith-Schuster and you have these other two guys and Eric Ebron is actually catching, you know, at least every other ball thrown his way this year. So he's actually not dropping, you know, 47% of every of every pass that, that's thrown his way. There's a lot of different ways the Steelers offense can get at you. Um, and Big Ben getting the ball out of his hands really quick most of the time so far this year as well to kind of kind of get after what this Ravens team does as well, which is, again, blitz a ton and so I really do like the Steelers a lot in this in this spot. Um, what do we think about the total real quick before we get out of here at 45 and a half? I don't think the I don't think the scoreboard is going to get lit up by any stretch of the imagination. But 45 and a half guys in today's NFL seems just like, like a tiny like it seems like what are we talking about? Who You know, what, what's going on here? Uh, Brad, 45 and a half Ravens and Steelers. 
Um, yeah, I, I would lean towards a lower scoring one, mm-hmm. just given you know kind of how physical I expect it to be. Um, but at forty five, it, it looks priced into me. One sort of softer factor that I, I heard talked about this week was obviously before the Cincinnati game, Roethlisberger didn't practice um, a week because of COVID stuff, um, and then he came out he threw the game, he threw the ball forty six times in that game, and he, he said how live his arm felt, how fresh he felt um, by not practicing, um, and then. You know, watching the tape this week, I know some tape people said his his arm looked sort of dead again after practicing a week. So I wonder if it, it might be not as springy as he as he would like on a Thursday night on a short week. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it certainly it certainly could be. That's I we'll monitor that as well. Maybe they sit him out the next couple of days as well. Just uh, give him the the old the benefit of the doubt when it comes down to everything. But um, that's uh, that's going to be a good day for for football guys. I mean, starting bright and early, well. Bright and early for us, Brad. Any, you know, bright and early for us, uh, and and football all day long, and looking forward to uh, to all of those games. Guys, as always, head over to lines.com for all of the written breakdowns of all the games we just talked about and everything that we just talked about as well. All these futures markets are all written over there, and we we stress enough. You saw the differences in the lines, the juice, the futures markets, everything that you can get. It's why we preach this time and time again, go in and get multiple accounts because uh, you're, you're costing yourself money if you're only playing at one book. So go in, hit on your, you just go to the lines, sports betting tab, click on your state. And there's all the, the, the very best offers that you can possibly get for many of these books. And some are giving you free money. Some are giving you match bets. Some are giving you deposit bonuses, whatever it might be, but take their money. They're giving it to you for the first time that you sign up. So be sure and take advantage of those offers as well on YouTube. If you're not watching us there right now, uh, backslash play picks, youtube.com backslash play picks. If you want to follow Brett at Brett Colson, you want to follow Brad at Brad Allen NFL. If you want to follow me at Matt Brown M2. Happy holidays for Brett for Brad. I'm Matt. Talk to you guys on Friday. <laughs> 